Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right. Thank you, everyone, everyone, for coming back for another amazing episode of Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow. And we have an amazing lady coming to us from New Zealand. Oh, my gosh. I have not interviewed anybody in, from New Zealand as of yet. So you are the first. Now, I know Ellie. And I just noticed uh, Ellie uh, Numiang, right? Yeah. I'm, and it's the last names that I get me to. Um, we met in um, uh, Fast Foundations networking group. And, and through this group, I've met a lot of amazing people who I've had on this podcast. And I'm really excited to bring her to the podcast because not only is she a cyclist which I just found out she was which makes it even more exciting because I do bring professionals in but she Ellie is a natural health intuitive and she's been doing that for over 25 years of experience and she's also helped heal over heal over 27,000 clients globally through her in-person and virtual clinics now and she has 20 years experience as a nurse. So Ellie has devoted herself to build a wealth of experiences and skills through both orthodox and alternative medicine. So we're gonna get into that. She's also in the process of finishing a book called Stop the Stuck. And this is based on, she's gonna be talking about it. I wish I had it in my hands, but it's not in the press yet. <laughs> It's not on the press yet. She's just finishing it, but she's going to tell us about how she was inspired. The, the book is about feeling safe in relationships after trauma and hurt. So when we think about athletes and sport and trauma, it goes all hand in hand because that affects relationships. It affects businesses and careers moving forward at in and out. So welcome, Ellie. I am so excited to have you here and I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us. Thank you so much for inviting me, Sylvia. It's quite an honor. This is actually my first ever podcast. So um, yeah, it's quite a nice place to start with um, our, our beautiful group online. So thank you for that. And thank you again. And, um, and I think that this is just something that um, is good for everybody, not just cyclists, but you said that you have a cycling background. So let's just start on yeah, sure. how you got into cycling. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you. I had a pretty um, challenging childhood. And so my escape was to get out on my skateboard or my bike. And I was the skateboard queen. And I was also into cycling like from quite a young age. So 
I'd get on my bike and just, you know, cruise for half an hour, an hour type thing to get away from the family and then come back again and feel like I had resilience and renewed vigor for life, basically. So um, that was that. And then I sort of cycled all the way. I've had, I don't know, three or four different bikes um, and then got the challenge of um, let's go, let's go and do the Lake Taupo ride and learned all about chamois creams and everything else. <laughs> we just had a conversation about that today <laughs> in my group ride. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lifesaver, um, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yes, and pretty funky, but yeah, it was it was interesting, interesting experience. And I was taught by a man, it's even funnier. Ah, so um, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Using his chamois cream, no doubt. No, no, no. He just told me what to do and what to buy and go do this. Oh, and I'm like, good. okay. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. And um, I remember my first time I got um, clip-ons and I was told by the guy in the shop now you will fall off you know and like jinxing me I'm like that's that's a bit mean he goes no you, you will it's like a a, a clip-on um initiation you ha everyone has to, has to actually go through and I'm like ah oh. no I'm not going not going to and then I was just cruising along the road and it was like a slight hill and I, I think I hadn't eaten I was a bit tired and so I was like just going very slowly and I sort of went slower and slightly and I just stopped and just fell to the side and fell on the road I'm like well that's embarrassing <laughs> that must be what <laughs> so he's talking about <laughs> and then again it lights about I don't know two months later I fell up at some lights and so I'm like okay so then I'm, I was yeah well and truly initiated and um I did the Lake Chalpo ride which is around Auckland uh, Auckland uh, New Zealand's middle it's a, it's a lake of 160k ride and it's a Got some nasty hills at the end and I kind of get the giggles when I'm under um, pressure. So I started giggling up the hill um, and I, feel, I could feel everybody around me who was also um, yeah, under pressure and I'm, I'm an empath. And so I started giggling even more. So, um, yeah, You're I managed to simply yeah, I'll get up the hill, giggling the whole way. Oh. But um, yeah. But yeah, I it was a really it was a really challenging ride. The last 40 Ks I was getting lots of pain in my sort of coccyx bone. I'm thinking, what's going on? Am I dehydrated? Have I eaten enough? But yep, yep, yep. And um, yeah, but I, I was actually just, you know, at the end of my um, <laughs> endurance. So yeah, it yeah. was a really interesting, interesting um, place to be in and um, taught me a lot about what athletes go through and how they um, have to be machines and how you have to prepare your body nutritionally as well as, um, physically and mentally to do what, what you do. So it's been like a real um, passion of mine. And I ended up giving up, I ended up getting a really big dog who needed who's you know crazy and needed to be walked like two hours a day. And so um, I haven't done much cycling since I had her, which is probably a good oh six years ago now. And um, oh. so I've been, yeah, I've got another dog now that I walk. I've got an indoor cycle that I still use, but um I've been I don't do many road bikes because you know, it's a bit crazy around here and um yeah, my dog also needs walking. <laughs> Not quite enough hours in the day to do it all, you know. <laughs> so, do you have your bike on a trainer at home? No, no. I actually have a beautiful spin bike, you know, like a Rolls Royce. Oh, spin bike. awesome! I, I use one of those Peloton type things. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, I have yeah, one yeah, yeah. just in case. Like, you know, it's sometimes it's just easier <laughs> to, yeah. to jump on there instead of like set up your bike and bring your bike totally and, and, and I do have a um, wind trainer but again I fell off it <laughs> I'm not the best at um, <laughs> setting up those well I can help you things. get that all set up though <laughs> oh that'd be great that'd be great <laughs> so so that was a while ago yes not too long ago you stopped riding your bike but what 
made you get into your career of a natural health intuitive? And if yeah. I were to think about what exactly is that? Yeah, sure can. So when I was, I've always been one of these kids who was like, you know, to my mother, why are we here? Why, why, why? And my poor mother didn't know what to say. She'd say things like, oh, you're going to go to school in a few years and, you know, you're going to grab and have a family of your own and go to work. And I'm just like, doesn't seem quite logical or right, you know, and I constantly ask these questions. And then um, when I was about three, I had, I don't know what you would call it, an experience where I was showing, I had to learn all the rocks and um, crystals and plants around so that when the world had a, a world crisis, I'd be there to help people. And it sounds a bit wild, but that was what happened. And so all my life, I was kind of like, okay, I've got to learn natural things. At um, 17, I didn't know what to do. So my mother said, look, how about you go and be a nurse? You're really good with people, go be a nurse. I went and, be, was went and started, you know, being a nurse and got used to blood and guts. I was never into blood and guts and, you know, people fainting. Um, and then I was fainting at blood and guts. And <laughs> <laughs> That's a good <laughs> way of figuring out this. It wasn't the best you. place for me to be, but I did it for 20 years and I, I learned lots of beautiful skills about people and building rapport and, um, Probably the, yeah, I, I started realizing my intuitive skills then, like if I had someone who was like terminally, not terminally, or someone who was very um, sick and couldn't speak to me and tell me what they needed, I could feel everything in their bodies and I could feel what they needed. And so I could feel, okay, you're just going to move the pillow in this position and I watch their whole body go, ah, oh, thank you, you know, and relax into a better space. And so I was kind of known for, you know, being a really good nurse and, um, I think, you know, in hindsight, that everybody needs to do some sort of service arts in their growing up because it's so powerful to um, to be of service to, to humanity. And I'm a white lighter. So basically, that's a big part of what I'm here to do is to actually help people and heal people. And then I was, I finished my naturopath trail. Oh, hell, I didn't get to that. I went to Rarotonga um, to help a girlfriend. Ellie. Um, sorry? What's a white lighter? Okay, a, a, a white lighter is basically somebody who is kind of here in this earth plane to help people, and we are compelled to help them. We will, um, like if we can be dog tired or anything else, and we're still like, you know, how can I help? How can I serve? And so we get, often see the big picture and things and, so, and see what's needed for people quite clearly. And so I'd noticed that even as a youngster, I'd be in my parents' car, and I'd see an accident happening in front of us. And then the accident would actually physically happen. So I realized, you know, oh gosh, I bet I thought as a kid, I was like seven and eight years old, I had actually caused the accident. And then I realized, oh no, <laughs> it's just what happens. I see things in my head and then I see them outside the body as well. And um, so I figured out, uh, in, even in things like drawing, you know, I'd, I'd um, start drawing these really freaky pictures that was way beyond my years with dots and things. and. Um, it was all because I was getting you know, channeled basically with spirit to, to show me what to do and how to do everything. And um, then what happened from there? Yeah, so I, I went off to Rarotonga and um, to help with girlfriend with her father who'd passed over. And in there, there's a, a guy called Pa who would take people for, for walks through the bush and he would say things like, oh, this plant fixes broken bones. This plant helps with nausea. I was like, oh, this is fascinating, you know, and I was really getting bored with nursing because of the whole revolving door syndrome, that people weren't really getting helped. They would, um, you know, get off a pill, put on another pill, 
and they come back in again and again. And I was just like, this is just cruel. You know, people shouldn't be um, going through this stuff. And so I thought, okay, what can I do that combines all of my loves? I love exercise. I love, um, you know, I thought about me maybe being a physiotherapist. I love nutrition. I want to be a nutritionist. And then, you know, you know someone told me, oh, why don't you become a naturopath? And I'm like, well, what's that? <laughs> and so found out what that was and it combines all my loves. And so I went and trained and it was just like coming home. It was like second nature to me. It felt very sensible to me. Um, and so I loved learning. And um, then I was out in the field in my first year and I had my little iridology um, magnifying glass, looking in people's eyes and I could, um, see pictures of you know at two years old this person was abused and I'm like well that's not in my notes and that's not in the books and um, there's nothing in the lacunas in the eyes that would tell me this I just know this stuff and I'm like well how do I know and why do I know and how can I not scare the person who I'm you know giving the consult to because you know it was just like what do I do with this and thankfully we'd learned um, from this amazing lady, lady um, Angela Chadwick um, muscle testing and so that helped me I started using people's bodies and muscle testing them and just checking you know show me a strong show me a stressor what's going on and the body would respond with energy and so it made me very aware that I could help people in that way and not scare the producers out of them by just telling them I know <laughs> and so you've <laughs> been abused when you're two years old <gasps> what yeah 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 exactly so it's, a, it's kind of like an easier way to assess something and and bring the information out over just sort of like yeah and it's really exact like this is um all part of part of kinesiology which i got more and more into after that and it's basically using your body's energies as a, as a barometer and finding out what's going on in the body that's the truth but you can't lie to someone who's a kinesiologist you know <laughs> it's all right there whether you know you're happy sad whether you've had an injury with your trauma sure there's nothing else yeah. you want to tell me <laughs> exactly are you sure because exactly. i think yeah yeah yeah. yeah exactly so it was a really profound um way to get into that and then i sort of got more and more into alternative things from there and Professionally, it was like what to call myself because you know I'm a shaman, I'm a yogi, um, naturopath, medical herbalist, you know, um, coach. What do you call this person? Does all this kind of stuff? You know, what is my um, my X factor or my um, yeah my kind of X factor, I suppose. And so I came up with the term medical intuitive, and then I got a bit sort of miffed with the medical system. So I don't want to be part of medical. And so um, it's like, no, I'll be a natural intuitive. And so that's where the term came from as a natural health intuitive. Sorry, um, I've lost your sound. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Yes. So you've coined your own career, basically. Basically, like yeah. This is everything, and this yeah. is what that yeah, yeah. covers. Yes. Ah, very well. I mean, yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You know, yeah. you're just like, I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm a little bit of yeah. this and that, and yeah. and yeah. Uh, well, that makes sense because you also yeah. in here you have a network. Uh, you're a fitness leader, uh, trainer, personal trainer, as well. Yeah. So you get yeah. everything in there. And I've I've sort of again done all that like I've you know helped run gyms I've um, been a personal trainer in the gym um, yeah. and yeah I've, I've been I've done a 
Bachelor of Health Science as well as the diplomas and things in, in uh, New Zealand for naturopathy. And we're not, we're not called doctors over here, we're just called naturopaths over here. Um, whereas in the States, it's called, I mean, the same training is basically called doctor. Um, so I've done all that kind of stuff and I still love it, but um, I'm getting more and more known for my spirituality more than just being a naturopath because I can see that sort of what people can't see. <laughs> so yeah, that works really well. For my clinic. That those things that are locked inside that that aren't coming out or you kind of refuse to um, yeah. bring the them wardrobe out. the wardrobe yeah like some people the closet me, um, of skeletons yeah that's it that's it people go to me <laughs> in, in clinic oh this wolf this is a bit intense and I'm like I had to really think about that you know I'm not an intense person I just am able to see the depths in people really well and you know help them be aware of their own emotional or you know, life consciousness that they've maybe forgotten or are not really aware of. And so it can be a bit confronting for some people, um, but at the same time, they get results. So their life changes, they are able to um, live like without trauma or um, without anxiety, whatever's going on for them. You said, um, now you started, you put together this book. What, yes. what was the... Um, well, let's, before we get into the book, let's talk about how you've worked with, like you've worked with over like 27,000 people. And so let's talk about the kind of athletes. I mean, you're not going to give names, but maybe you could give examples of athletes yeah, sure. that you've helped, you know, work through trauma and hurt. Cause you know, there's, there's a multitude of things like a lot of, like yourself, you got into cycling because of your childhood um, yes. people, you know, there's abuse that comes from coaches. There's like life, you know, ex, um, accidents that end careers or, you know, like, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, trauma is rife. Something like 80% of us have been traumatized in some way, shape or form from little traumas to big traumas. People like Dr. Levine, um, is out there, have been out there for a few years teaching people about this as well. And, um, I see it in clinic from, again, from that very first few clients who would do things like this, this the woman who I looked in her eyes and I saw that at two years old, she'd been abused. And um, she like often wondered. Presently at the, at the time, or is this like a, a past? Trauma? This is a past client. Yeah, this is a, a, a past well, client. The, the trauma that you saw, was it current or? Okay. So what happens is some people don't even, aren't even aware that they are traumatized. They'll go, oh, I have problems with my relationship or I have problems with anxiety or communicating or um, sleeping. And when we go back to the cause of that, because as we treat the cause, not the symptoms, um, then everything else changes. So you actually build a new foundation for them. So you can help them realize what's going on for them and help them find peace and acceptance rather than feel agitated, stressed for no known reason, hypervigilant for no known reason. Um, so it's just getting down to that, that awareness. So with athletes, you know, I treat a lot of um, gymnasts and um, acrobats and dancers. My daughter's actually a, a performer and a dancer as well. So um, yeah, I've been surrounded by them since she was three. And um, so everything from, you know, say I've got swimmers who can't jump off a certain level um, or you know, to kind of like jump fast enough into the water. And so we look like breaking it down, okay, hold this pose, what's happening in the body, hold this pose, what's happening in the body, and going through bit by bit, 
to see you know, what's locked into the muscle memory, what's locked into different organs, um, what's happening in your head, in your, in your emotional body, so that you can actually break each bit down and empower them with actually at this point and this point and this point, you have a choice. This is how we can actually move through that rather than feel stuck at any space mm. in that. And you know, the same with um, gymnasts who couldn't do so like a, you know, a back bend or a double twist or whatever they have to do. We have to again break it down. What's happening now? What's happening now? And um, so just breaking it down in a way that, that um, the body stays informed. And then when the body's informed, the body can relax and trust the whole being. And then the body can act in a much faster way. So, yeah, that's how sort of, I've been known for that quite a lot of concussions, of course, um, with all kinds of sports and people can go to concussion clinics and can take a year, year and a half, two years. And I'm like, no, 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 this is crazy. You know, let's deal with the trauma of the injury and because the trauma actually is still in the body after the injury. So the actual injury itself, people often leave their body and then, Shaman was talking about people having soul loss. Sometimes it's bringing the rest of their being back into their body and so that they can cope with things better. And other times it's, you know, doing some cranial work with them to get things flowing and moving inside their, um, their spinal area again, or um, you know, having a certain part of the body come back online with, with the brain as being the computer. So all different things like this we're doing just to help um, people heal and come back into their wholeness and so that they can move forward. We're going to break for one quick minute to talk about some winter training options. Now, are you stuck in a complete rut in your cycling fitness? Or maybe you're so new, you've enjoyed your summer so much, but you're completely overwhelmed by what to do this winter? Well, I have a solution for you. I put together a cycling skills four-week workshop for women, men too, but we cater for women. And the thing is about this, this is for beginners and novice, anybody who really wants to take their cycling to the next level and they're not, and they don't know how. What we focus on is pure cycling skills over the four weeks. Now, the first week we completely go down to the fundamentals of the pedal stroke. How does it work? How to implement it? What is it? And how to get it started. The next one is using that pedal stroke skills now on hills, how to attack the hills, how to be smoother on the hills and be just more fluid and no more falling over, right? The next one is nutrition, putting it all together because if you don't have the right fuel climbing up that hill, these skills aren't going to help. The last one we're going to focus on speed, how to get faster and strength training. Now, the way it works is it's a completely interactive workshop. We start by a demonstration on the whiteboard, so ex explanation. Then we have the visual demonstration. Well, I will get on the bike and I'll and I'll explain the pedal stroke. And then you get on your bike and I put you through some drills. So it really lands home as to what to do and how it all works. Then you get some homework, some drills to do to take what you just learned and apply it on the road. And then we have a weekly Q&A where you can come back, go, ah, I tried that drill and I don't quite understand. I'd like a little bit more explanation and that is completely for you. So that is our cycling skills workshop for women. And it is completely there to defunct 
all of the questions that you have on how to get better on your bike over the winter. Along with all that great information, you can sign up or go to cyclingskillspro.com for more information. I have a, an amazing $50 discount code for you. So use 4WK50 at checkout and you can get an extra $50 off. You are going to be so amazed at this workshop. It really takes everything, all the skills that you're lacking from outside, bring them inside so you can then apply them to Swift or your next group ride. Now back to our episode. A, a gymnast mom and a dance mom. And my daughter moved from gymnast to dance because she couldn't get past the fear of a certain apparatus and granted she had a has a visual impairment and i can see why she could not get past the parallel bars let's say yeah 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 because <laughs> yeah well yeah because like literally like she's kind of like tunnel like this so the bar would be there and the bar would be back and then you know yeah, so yeah, it was yeah like yeah. moving out of her periphery, like her range of vision and, um, and, but, you know, the thing is, if you, if you want to move through gymnast gymnastics, you have to be able to do all of the apparatuses yeah. um, to compete. So, you know, I gave her a choice. I said, you know, we could work through this, but you need to get over it so we can, you can move on as an athlete um, and you have six months to try and get this done. Um, you know, I didn't know a whole lot then, like I do now, and possibly talking to somebody like you <laughs> would have been a good, yeah. I mean, but like, as a parent, it's funny. Cause like, you don't know, you like, don't know. You we're don't not taught know. that kind of stuff, like this stuff that I did with my daughter. I didn't know if she was like, a dance talk to totally. you to help my daughter so, um probably something someone who does nis kinesiology which is um started by a guy called dr phillips in new zealand and he's taught all around the world america canada germany everywhere and it's a form of kinesiology that helps people's brains see their body so the brain does something like forty thousand things per second and you can't do it all consciously there's about 40 things consciously per second so often it will get busy or confused and it will park something somewhere else. And so it includes trauma. So the body will you know, put it into the somatic system, which is like the muscles and the nerves and the fascia, or it will um, you know, record it in the eyes or in the ears. Um, so just figuring out all of that and um, you know, seeing what's online, but it's what is the leading or priority issue. And then and letting the body choose that because you know, we can't play guru and go in there and go okay i want to do this or fix this part with you with some other part wants to talk first because that's what needs help first before we do the actual injured part or the upset part you know so any form of kinesiology will help but nis is just incredible it's part of neurolink so if you look up neurolink global and find somebody near you um it's really good to help with everything from um, dyslexias and you know eye issues and um yeah, performance issues, basically. So it's really helpful. But there are also other wonderful forms like ICP, KP, kinesiology. Also, I trained with them as well, and they are amazing. Um, good old touch for health was my beginnings in kinesiology, and that's great as well. So, 
they all have wonderful merit and can support people and change perceptions. Um, other very good thing is NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming, which we're all getting much more common or au fait with now. And it's helped change your perception. So rather than seeing this, you know, big scary hill in the distance with both NLP and kinesiology, you can kind of bring it down to being just a walk in the park and it's just cruisy and my heart rate hardly changes and I feel great and you know my legs are moving in a different way but that's cool and just yeah just changing things around so yeah really powerful I love the hills over saying I hate the hills yeah yeah exactly hills are my jam yeah, yeah that's right um so that's pretty interesting I mean it's it's years past now but uh I mean and it and it's funny because you know I put it on her and on the coaches to help her to figure it out but you know I don't know coaches know um do they know yeah. that much are they in tune with professionals that can help yeah probably not and like, unfortunately a lot of it is sort of more medical based so there's physiotherapists there's psychologists um who can go so far which is great but sometimes they need that sort of expector which is what don't they know that they can't tell you they can't share with you because they've blocked it into the unconscious and um the body holds a lot of the unconscious so it's a matter of getting into the body and helping the the person and the being see the unseen or hear the things that they don't know about so that they can go oh yeah actually i'll say to them okay what happened when you were five? Oh yeah my first um week at school i was bullied really badly and that's you know scared me from um be able to look at people or I always feel like I was being um, watched and so I couldn't um, compete when it came to the big performances or all these little things that you don't even kind of think about but they have merit and they have impact and it's all relative for, for, the, for the child within which takes it into the adult within which is affected by that so yeah yeah that is interesting because I know that she was bullied a lot because of her eyes when she was yeah. a kid in elementary school. I mean, kids in elementary school are horrible. They are. Girls they and are. boys. Yes. I don't care. There's a bully out there. Doesn't matter. They're yeah, there. Every, it doesn't, yeah. you know, like I was bullied. I'm sure you were bullied a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, they're mm. just, I think they're just a, a rite of passing into life. Like somebody's really? going to get touched by it. And yeah. I think it's, you know, and I always told her, I said, you know, just stay close to the people who are good to you. Don't try yes, and, advice. you know, make friends mm. with the, the I always call them the pretty people, the you know, popular girls, the pretty girls. Oh, I said, I said, um, I told her, I said, you know, don't try and be friends with, I, I call them the pretty people or you know, or the you know or the the popular kids yes. because they will never like be friends with you yes. and I, yes. and I not say that in a bad thing but they won't <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. so if you have a friend that's really good to you and really nice then build that relationship and that's what she did you know and well done um, good advice mom it really helped yeah. because you know that's how I that was my experience in high in not high school elementary school bullied by the the popular girls yeah you know and, um, and um, all that stuff can really shape a person and if they don't get support through it you know, it can shape them in positive ways people like um what's his name david goggins and you listen to his story which is you know 
horrific and yet he's got this amazing strong mind that just pushes through anything and everything and won't give into it um to us more gentler types who um yeah we need to just feel everything around us and um feel comfortable and safe in our environments and then everything is is easier for us we, we can commit to something 100 percent because we feel safe so it's just a matter of you know understanding people's mentality and their personality types and their glandular types and you know working with that now let's talk about um your book yes. and what prompted you to start putting that together how long ago and when it's going to be out <laughs> good questions um so <laughs> i'll put about, you on the spot because i know you're almost done <laughs> yeah i'm nearly there that's not not too much pressure anymore um my because i work with spirit right and i've been telling me that oh it'd be really good for me to help people who've been abused because i had a really violent childhood and um i was like oh no no it's too emotional for me because you know i feel it all and i feel them it's just too much and it kept coming again and again you know you're going to help people who've been abused or traumatized no 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 don't want to know about it <laughs> you know and then um i met a beautiful man and went across to brazil with him a couple of years back and i think okay then i'm ready to write a book and i was like what am i going to call the book and spirit said stop the stuck and i'm like stop the stuck that's pretty cool like that and i thought i was going to do it on abuse and um then in that when i got to brazil i was in um, a little tiny town and no one spoke english except for my partner and he was speaking like you know 60% English and so I was very isolating and I got to the point that I was like I'm actually getting re-traumatized because I can't speak up I can't speak in my truth I was like whoa okay and then I could see how this book was morphing because I was actually you know back into I'm a therapist and going through everything I could possibly think of to help myself as part of it and so I just started writing about that as well and so the book morphed rather than people who had been traumatized about relationships and how that affected us you know the day to day with our loved ones and um people who didn't know and how we would communicate and people in brazil were just gorgeous and they all spoke spoke um, portuguese which is wonderful and the most loving welcoming people um but if you can't speak your truth and you can't speak up it's quite an interesting space to be in it's like being a mute <laughs> in the band like yep yeah, i can imagine sign language like... and all that yeah yeah it's just yeah i was lucky i went to a gym over there and you know got made friends with, with gym instructors over there and you know got into all that which was great and um we're still friends on facebook now <laughs> and it's just like yeah but yeah so yeah so the book was morphed into that and you know, how to cope with um life and how to fix relationships as well as the abuse and trauma type stuff so i'm still quite thinking quite seriously about removing the the hurt off the title just keeping it at you know what it is now so um yeah oh, okay. it's, it's, yeah and um i've also i've got some close family members who i see who are really stuck and like i, I, I would call it what i call my family of friends who get really stuck like they're trying to lose weight they can't get any further with it they trying to move ahead they can't get any further with it and you know i can feel no heart and soul it's because of trauma they had in their own childhood so a big part of me wrote the book for them just for that, that they can you know understand what I do because you know I'm considered quite woo-woo by most people because of what I do. But um it works. Yeah, like, it please works. help, please let me help yeah. you. I can help you. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And it's really You're challenging. My cousin. Because, you know, <laughs> it is it's challenging because you can see what I, I can see what people need, but it all comes out at me. Everyone's stuff comes out at me. But I can't necessarily do anything until they are ready or they ask for help. It's not my place to, you know, 
say, let me fix you because that's not, not right. It's not what I'm meant to doing. It's you know, how can I help empower you? How can I support you to be your better self? And um, they have to want to do that. So a big part of the, this book was, you know, how to better yourself, but, but also you can't move forward until you've dealt with the past, until you've actually healed that past and feeling safe enough to actually move forward. So whether it be for athletes, whether it be for household mums, you know, any profession at all, it, there's everyone I meet has got some stuff in there. And it's like, uh, how much can they handle? Like turning their wounds into wisdom, turning their their um, their fears into courage and what, what will it take for them to do that? So yeah, I've got this book's full of lots of things like affirmations and um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, um, working with all sorts of things from anxiety to you know, difficulty relating to, you know, it's all in there. So it's a pretty extensive book and I've had a few coaches say no break it down just do it on anxiety just do it I'm like no <laughs> and then my, my coach in fast is just like no don't you dare this is what what you've women been called to do you make sure that you you do this and so it's a big project volumes well this is what I got to because I was talking to spirit about it and I uh, I just came back from Brazil and we came end up in lockdown in Auckland and Auckland New Zealand and um I was like, my gosh, I feel so spun out from all of this. And so Spirit said, okay, now's a good time to, to write a book on grounding. So <laughs> I downloaded a book in three days um, on how to ground. And it was basically 108 ways to ground. And it all came flying through in three days. So write all that down. That book's ready to go. But I've got to get this first book out first. And then the second book's ready to go. And it's going to be a series of different kinds of stop the stuck from different you know, health issues to you know, mental health issues. Is a that, massive that is kind of more mental health. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So you said you have a lot of different things in this one book. Yes. Yes. And you don't think so, like having volumes available, like you start with uh, like maybe three different things and then you have the anxiety vo uh, volume yeah. come out afterwards, like exactly, exactly. Like three months after, yes. and then the next yes. one, like exactly or you just have them all as a um yeah. like a package deal like you can one for I, I 10 think, five for yeah, yeah. well I've, kind of I've got like i've gone through it with with three different coaches and um broken up and it just didn't flow because there's so many things that all work together and they need that's to why be they all, want to have yeah. the whole volume yes set. exactly exactly because the um so many people like for example, like say someone injured their knee, yes, on, on on a fall, they might also injure their lower back, but it might not get addressed. And it's the same thing with this because you know someone might have anxiety because of um, their trauma, but it might also have PTSD or they might also have um, um, confidence issues. Different things that come from different angles, and it's all part of the one. We we can't keep dividing up humans into you're this you're this issue or you're this part. We are whole beings. And yeah, talking with Spirit about it and talking with his coach about it, it was like, no, I need to put the whole out there first of all as a big volume, big Bible, basically. And then from there, do smaller books from there. So separate books just on anxiety from that. But it won't be as, as um, comprehensive as the big one, of course. So yeah, there's nothing like, in my madness, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that the volumes would be cool because then you could just sort of pick one volume and read through it. Like, mm. and then you know, you have the different segments, but
but uh, yeah, that's interesting. So that's a big thing coming up and for the whole of neck, like in a, for the next year. And basically it's um, I've probably got two days writing on it and it'll be finished and it's just editing to go. So um, yeah, uh-huh. we're almost there. We're almost there. So I'm really thankful because you know, when I came back from um, Brazil and ended up in lockdown in Auckland, it was, again, it was quite traumatizing. I'm a bit of an, an oh, yeah. advocate for, um, like, for freedom. I, do? I guess yeah. write my book. <laughs> yeah, I can keep writing. But I, I actually couldn't. So I went straight into, into the whole advocate for, you know, what, what I believe in was our freedom of choice and everything else. And um, I was very aware they're going to push a vaccine on us. And my friends were like, no, 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 no. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that was well and truly happening. So, you know, I got into that sort of fight for a while and put the book to the side. So I just picked it up again just before we started our, our mastermind. And um, yeah, into from there. So that what brought you to the mastermind? And yeah, I actually wanted to finish the book and I wanted to um, learn how to put it out there and you know, what to do I had no I trained um 27 years ago and so yeah I have no idea about sales or marketing or um you know sales funnels I'm like what who can I so hire it's a whole new world <laughs> <laughs> so yeah before we close it up because it's super interesting I'd love you to talk about um maybe just one example, like we kind of touched on it, like when you talk about athletes and I know there's different types of trauma. So let's just talk about something that's relatively uh, common, which is a large crash and injury and that kind of trauma, which could lead to, you know, maybe being out of, you know, the rest of the event to the race well let's just say tour de france like i don't know if you watched it but there was a lot of crashes in there and guaranteed a couple people probably weren't able to finish the tour yeah what like what would you where would you start with that yeah with someone obviously with yeah absolutely obviously with everyone as an individual and just you know Mm -hmm. having their own story and where they're at with it all um, Jim is going to be grief involved and anger involved as part of that. So it's finding ways to help them release their anger and deal with that grief and um, using things like homeopathy, which is a beautiful way to do it with it energetically, where you can actually help them move past things. For example, things like aconite, um, DDC potency with um, homeopathy. Say someone's <clears throat> had an accident and they're scared to get back on their bike again, or they, or they, um, they feel really embarrassed and, and scared it will happen again. You can give them aconite, which will stop that fear of it happening again and again type thing. Or say someone got really depressed because they put everything into this Tour de France and then all of a sudden couldn't do it. You can again give them remedies to help with that. And or so there's remedies for different kinds of depression. And yeah, you know, there's hundreds of remedies for that kind of stuff. So again, I've put a lot of those in the book to help people with you know, anxiety, depression, overwhelm um, on that emotional scale. And then it's more about, you know, giving them the courage and the confidence to get back out there and do it again, because it's like having a really strong why, a really strong reason why you're doing it in the first place and coming back to that strong why and then nothing else standing in your way. You know, like we're taught now, mastermind about sometimes people have got to do things four, five, ten, a hundred times before they get to where they want to get. Um, I was thinking of one of my clients who's a, a equestrian and she had horse issue, um, her own body issues, you know, but 
one after the thing after another. And it was just a matter of keeping it going, keeping it going, keeping it going. Now she's competing again and doing really amazing. But sometimes it's, um, you know, there are these challenges that get in your way, but they make you stronger. And just finding that silver lining in each thing. And, yeah, okay, maybe this wasn't the right time. Maybe this wasn't the right race. Maybe um, my head wasn't in the game. I thought it was very beautiful at the Olympics with those women who were saying, you know, I'm actually not going to compete this time. And oh, how empowering I mean, for every woman in the world, you know, I was like, well, every athlete in the world, go them, so proud of them. And um, I think that mental health aspect needs to be looked at as well, not just, you know, physical recovery, which is equally important, but also, um, you know, what's stored in the calf when you fall, what's stored in the, in the you know, IT bands when you fall, what's stored in your back when you fall um you know how how does your body feel about you doing it again so what, what's your body saying that you're not even looking at because most people who are extreme athletes they will be aware from here up from the neck up they're not aware of their physical bodies they're machines they just go and go and go and go and i know from years of doing physical body work with people you know some people are massage and they'd be open and flexible and if they were moving in their body, it's more like rigid rocks. And the athletes are usually really open and flexible, but with that, they're just not necessarily aware of areas because um, the, their pain levels are so high because they just push, push, push through everything. So just coming back to, you know, finding their center, um, what's important to you, where do you want to go? How do you want to do it? What does success look like to you? all those things that make someone successful and help them get over the line with competing. Yeah, that was pretty powerful to have her um, walk off. Well, not walk off, but just say, you know, I'm not, because mm -hmm. I, I'm sure maybe you watched her competition. You're just like, woo, that doesn't look mm -hmm. right. And I'm sure mm -hmm. she could feel it. And, yeah. you know, she's just such a, a powerhouse. You can imagine how if she had not, had you know the ability to actually land on her feet however it is that she landed that she could have yeah. like become a paraplegic exactly. pretty easily and exactly. she you know and she's like no nope. <laughs> yeah and, and I, I th yeah i think too like you know we've changed from this whole sort of piscerian authoritarian push 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 like the best of, you know best of cotton socks the russian coaches that would like rah 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 push 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 and totally ignore the humanness of people to people who actually care for people. And this whole Aquarian age we're moving more into, people need to become aware of their wholeness, not just, you know, they're good for this, they're good for a lot of things, you know, what else is important to them? You know, how can we bring all of that together in alignment? Like in New Zealand, we have walkers or canoes. And, you know, a good story or two, this is thinking about, you know, if there's a whole bunch of people in a walker or canoe, and the front person wants to make a difference and do something different, you've got to have all, all beings in the canoe thinking the same thing to go the same way. So the front person is your consciousness and the rest of it is your unconscious. The more those are lined up, then it's easier for the canoe or the walker to keep moving forward. Whereas if you know, just you want to make a difference, you're still going to go in the same direction. You can't, you can't turn because the unconscious is still doing the old patterns. Right. Yeah. Simone. Simone. That's her name. Yeah. <laughs> That was, yeah, that was pretty powerful and, and to not have somebody bully her to go back and, and, and do it. You know what I mean? It's amazing. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think she had the, I don't want to say the popularity, but she's pretty established, you know, mm. and I think she's like, you know, it's not worth it for me. Yeah. 
Um, and the young girl who took her place did an amazing job. So she yeah, gave yeah. the opportunity to somebody new. But so, all right. Now let's talk before we um, wrap this up. Where can everybody find you? And where can we find the book? Because um, <laughs> your episode will be later in, in September. Um, so where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Yeah, so sure. that we can um, you can see follow... when you, you produce, Absolutely. when your, your book is ready. Thank you. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Ellie Grace Numia. Um, and online, I have a website called Numia, N-U-M-I-A. And um, yeah, look forward to talking with more of you and meeting more of you. Um, well, no, that'd help. be great because like it's, um, it sounds like it'd be something that would be great in everybody's library that they as a coach yeah. can exactly. access and yes. is that that sounds like maybe what you've done yeah i mean basically it's, it's in any issue or any affinity that's going on so say you had a problem with you know someone betrayed you in your um in your coaching world then okay you're going to look up betrayal and you can see okay under betrayal you've got a whole lot of things you can do to help oh my gosh really yourself heal from that yeah totally it's very thorough um yeah so say you had a problem with anxiety after trauma, after a fall, you go to the anxiety section and you can look at what you need, what you can do for that from remedies to EFT to affirmations to lifestyle changes. So it's very thorough. All right. Well, I'm going to have to get myself a copy. And <laughs> so where are you going to be selling it? On um, Amazon? The plan so far is Amazon, yeah. That's, that's all we've got to so far. So it's all in the early stages of that. But um, yeah, definitely going to be self-publishing and um, definitely drawn towards Amazon. So we'll go from there. Place. It is the place <laughs> for everything. So the title's yeah. called Stop the Stuck and Feel Safe in Relationships After Trauma and Hurt. And I think you should leave hurt in there because <laughs> hurt and trauma are kind of different. Okay, thank you for that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was been amazing and I hope everybody, I want to thank our listeners for uh, taking in this episode and learning something. I maybe, and especially like if you happen to know somebody who is experiencing a lot of anxiety and I know these days, I'm sure we all know somebody who's experienced a little bit of anxiety, depression. Um, this might be a good read for them. So Think about checking out this book on Amazon and um, yeah, and purchasing yourself a copy. So thank you so much, Ellie. And thank you to our listeners again. It was a pleasure. Um, I think uh, this is a really good thing that you're doing and too bad you're so far away. <laughs> <laughs> and, I do work but, online. I see clients from all over the world, so I work online. I know, but I hope you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Don't worry. <laughs> you set your boundaries. I hope that's part. I of have your, very strong boundaries. Yes, <laughs> part of, that's got a chapter to itself. And it has. You know set, it. But, yeah. Do you really? Yeah, totally. Oh. It's all in there. It's all part of trauma. Yeah. All right, how to set boundaries. If you don't know how to set them and say no, get this book. 
<laughs> Bless you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, everyone. Have an amazing day. And don't forget to, like I said, share this with somebody who you know. And don't forget to follow so that you are always um, in tune with the next episode that comes out. You never know who I'm going to bring. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.